is Youth Radio. We hope your week was fabulous and that you're looking forward to no school tomorrow. Tonight, we have an interview with Alexander Ferguson, who came into the studio and told us about off-center community art space. Then, from Portland, Maine, an interview with Lavinia Gelano, a war widow talking about her experiences. We also have a piece by Carmen Gallegos from Santa Fe Youth Radio Network. First, here's Mia with our opening music for the evening. Well, this band, The Killers, got its start in Nevada, writing their songs in the scorching Las Vegas heat. After songs about jealousy in a relationship, a stalker's tale, and a murder for their debut album, Hot Fuss, they decided to make a limited edition album by adding three more songs. Off of their limited edition, this is The Killers with Glamorous Indie Rock and Roll. with Alexander Ferguson from Off Center Arts. Today we're talking to Alexander Ferguson, an AmeriCorps volunteer based out of the Community Learning Public Service Office out of UNM, whose placement is at Off Center. How long have you been at Off Center? Um, yeah, I've been at Off Center just over a year. I started last January of uh, 2005. And um, I'm also a graduate student at UNM studying art education. And I was told about the program through my advisor. Um, she knew my background in uh, community learning and uh, art education. So she pointed me in that direction. Cool. So then could you tell us a little bit about the history and founding of Off Center? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I do believe um, it was founded mm, roughly about four years ago or so. Um, Janice Timbotis, who is the director of Off Center, um, she had a hand in um, community projects before in Albuquerque, and she had left those organizations just to start up off-center. And when I had began my, my stretch of service at off-center, they'd been at their new site for um, just about a year. So it's sort of a new site for them. Um, so I do believe they're entering their fourth year. All right. So could you tell us a little bit about the nature of off-center's backing as far as like financial stuff? Sure. Um, we are a nonprofit organization and um, being a community-driven uh, studio space, we have been um, lucky enough to receive several grants throughout the years that will help fund us. Um, and also we rely heavily on donations and that is uh, from individual to um, public and corporate donations. So we will, uh, anywhere throughout the week, people will come in with uh, knickknacks, magazines, you know, the kind of people tend to that know about the space or are told about it um, often clean out their garages or, or storage spaces and will bring um, an array of different materials for the artist to work from. And that's, that's been a really great source. Also, I know you work with the outreach programs. Correct. Can you tell us a little bit about what Off-Center is working on now? Certainly, yeah. Um, well, with my art education background, one of the primary um, tasks that I was assigned being an AmeriCorps volunteer was to 
develop and to um, continue an outreach program that Off Center has. Uh, currently, right now, I'm working with the elementary school, uh, Reginald Chavez, which is just west of the Old, old Town area um, off of Mountain. And I am there uh, once a week on Wednesdays, and I will um, create a series of projects for the kids to work on that revolve around what they're studying or, um, or just to foster imagination and creativity and kind of give those kids in, in that school uh, an opportunity to create. Um, and also along those regards, um, we've been fortunate enough to given, been given some wall space at the downtown public library to showcase these art projects. So I've also acted as um, curator and installer of the pieces that go into the downtown library. So then you know, more general, could you tell us just sort of about what the facility offers and what demographics it serves? Certainly. Um, so being a, a public community studio, um, our doors are open to everyone from the, you know, toddlers all the way up to um, older adults, uh, 80s, 90s is, is not uncommon. So we serve everyone. We have certain days that are designated and a table and a space for um, children to come and work and they have materials that are, that are lower and easy to um, uh, to use um, so they're able to just dive in and uh, start creating um, whatever they feel fit to and uh, through that we have um, a wall space to um, to create shows and and exhibit um, different uh, ideas and thoughts and progresses through that and a store where um, if the artist feels a need to, to sell his or her artwork, we provide that opportunity. And it's a really special um, relationship that Off Center has with the artist where given a certain financial um, stipulations, the artist can make upwards of 90% of the sales, which is really a, a rare and wonderful thing in the um, art world. So... What kind of mediums are the people who come to work at Off Center? Yeah, um, we're fortunate enough to have a space that um, has a room for a variety of different materials. We have an area that's designated for metalworking. So those who are interested in, like, say, um, jewelry making or uh, just pounding on metal and, and making sculpture through that, we have a metalworking area. We have a textile area with sewing machines, and, um, also with beads and beading. Uh, we're expounding upon that soon to incorporate jewelry making. Um, again, we also have a children's area full of stencils and paints and watercolors. Um, it's also important to uh, say that being a public studio, we have to keep everything fairly non-toxic, so no oils or spray paints or anything are allowed inside the gallery, um, just to, to keep in mind um, everyone's health issues. We have an area... Uh, that is uh, our printing area. We have these machines that are really fun to work with called risograph machines. They're um, Japanese-type uh, duplicating machines um, that look very much like a, like a Xerox machine, but it's a printing process um, that you can use different colors in creating um, anywhere from brochures, which our brochures are made, to business cards, to upcoming events. Uh, we do all our flyering and posters on those machines, and it's a way that we can offer to uh, the community to use our printing services, and that will generate money for the studio as well. Um, so, um, and workshops. Uh, we, all, we constantly have workshops throughout the years where people can learn all these different uh, facilities and, and material. Cool. So then... For people who'd like to get involved, how would they do so? What? 
Um, as far as evolved as, as an active member, you simply need to come down during our open hours and um, you'll be greeted. You'll be uh, sort of shown around, given a, a brief view of the uh, a tour of the studio so you know what's available, the areas you are allowed to work in and, and different mediums you have at your use. Um, and then you'll sign our logbook and then we'll kind of tear, we'll let you just tear loose and, and work on what you need. As a staff, you know, we're there to kind of help point the artist uh, in the right direction. Um, but after that, it's sort of up to that individual to um, create the body of work they want to do. That's really awesome. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, uh, being that we are a community site, um, I'd like to see definitely, um, well, of course, more um, artists come in. But um, I think one of the areas that I think would be really interesting and to develop would be um, those in, in the teens. Uh, there are a few that do come in, but I think it's a great opportunity for um, that age group to come and work. Um, we're also expanding some of our new ideas this year. We're going to be doing a film series throughout uh, the year. Um, we're doing one a month. So those who are interested in working in multimedia uh, filmmaking, uh, we want to get to where we can provide um, a night for those that would like to, to, to show their work in the film media. So that could be a great opportunity for, uh, for youth to get involved, I would say. Yeah, and just to come down and, and experience what um, the neighborhood is doing. And it's a great part of the Albuquerque experience to come and meet people. Um, and if you're not really, you know, if you don't think you are an artist or you don't feel like you are um, the creative sort, it's just a great place to come and meet people and to bounce different ideas of, off of and um, just to generate a, a, a sense of community. Alexander, if you could tell us, um, you know, specific information um, hours, mm -hmm. phone number, contact info. Yes, indeed. Um, so Off Center is located on 808 Park Avenue, which is in the southwest quadrant. Um, if you know where Java Joe's is, we're just uh, east of Java Joe's, and we are uh, due just south of Robinson Park. Um, our telephone number is area code 505-247-1172, and our website, uh, www.offcenterarts. Org. And there um, we're uh, updating that and we'll be listing uh, upcoming shows and events. We have a series of workshops that will take us into the spring. And we also have a film screening that will be coming to Albuquerque uh, February 24th at 7.30 p.m. That is a Friday. And that is entitled The Living Room. And it's a documentary that's uh, done on info shops across America. Um, info shops being, uh, at least in this context, sort of left, uh, leftist, left-wing bookstores, um, peace and justice centers, and community centers alike. And I think it's a really great opportunity to uh, show this film. I'll be traveling throughout North America. Well, thank you for being with us. Thank you for coming down. Thank you for having me. Definitely. And so we've been talking to Alexander Ferguson, who's an AmeriCorps volunteer at Off Center Arts, which is a community-based uh, center where people can go and make art. Thank you again for coming in, and thanks to Off Center for all the great work they're doing in the community, and we'll look forward to all these wonderful events that are coming up. This is Diana Barron-Moore for Youth Radio. Thanks for listening. Once again, we've been listening to an interview with Alexander from Off Center. Now more music.
When you hear this next band's name, you might think that they're Canadian like musicians Sarah McLaughlin, Alanis Morissette, and the Bare Naked Ladies. Actually, this five-man group got its start in Athens, Georgia. Here's Of Montreal with Requiem for OMM2. The last song you heard was Publish My Love by Rogue Wave, and before that, you heard Of Montreal with Requiem for OMM2. And now, back to our host, Mars. Thank you, Mina. And now, from Blunt Radio in Portland, Maine, S. Spencer Scott interviews Lavinia Jeleno, a widow talking about the tragic losses of war. And when I saw them, when I entered the room and I saw them, I literally felt something snap in my chest. I couldn't feel my legs. And all I could hear was, Mrs. Jelena, we regretfully inform you. This is all I heard. Lavinia Jelena sits on a lonely couch in semi-darkness. The room around her seems to be lit only by the candles that surround a shrine to the dead soldier who was once her husband. Lavinia was just 24 years old when she lost her husband, Chris. After just one year of marriage, she had become a war widow. But Lavinia and Chris Jeleneau shared a love so intense it required two marriages to satisfy, one in Vermont, where Chris's parents lived, and the other in Romania, Lavinia's native country. Lavinia and Chris met at the University of Southern Maine, where they went to school together. The closer they grew, the more concerned Lavinia became about Chris's continuing service in the military. I was scared. I was definitely, I was very scared. And I was always, I always had this, um, not necessarily an obsession, but just a, just a bad feeling altogether that, that the military was going to take him away. And I kept telling him that I'm so scared they're going to take you away. I'm so scared. And I, you know, I couldn't, I knew he was not going to be able to get out. I knew that, you know, and I, I couldn't do anything about it. I wasn't there when he joined. Um, but I, I, I was the rest is counting the days until he was going to be out. In November of 2003, Lavinia's fear was realized. Her husband was put on alert status, and a few days later, he was activated. Lavinia last saw Chris on a cool February day at Fort Drum in New York. At that point, we hadn't, we hadn't seen each other for a month. And uh, even that one month had, was an unbearably long time. 
And I, I remember just, you know, we just held each other for like 15 minutes and our hearts were racing and we just did not even dare speak. That, that, that was how intense it was. Just We just held tight onto each other and we're trying, I was just, I was so scared that that was one of the last hugs like that I was going to get from him. He kept saying, I'm going to be back, I'm going to be back. Don't worry, I'm going to be back. It's going to be okay. Before we left, I asked Chris, I said, babe, I said, what's going to happen if, you, if I'm not going to see you again? I'm so afraid I'm not going to see you again. And he didn't say anything. And I got upset and I said, why aren't you saying that you're going to come back? That's what you've been saying all along. You're going to be back. You're going to be back. And he looked at me and said, because I don't know, babe. I'm going to do my best. I don't know. That was the last time Lavinia saw her husband. But every morning at 7 a.m., she would wake up and find Chris waiting for her on instant messenger. He would reassure Lavinia that everything was going to be okay. The constant contact made it seem that Chris would never go away, even while at war. She believed Chris was invincible. On April 20, 2004, Lavinia was forced to come to the devastating realization that he was not. Oh, my thoughts, my thoughts were, oh my God, where is he now? I could, I could see him, you know, lying on a table somewhere, on a cold table with, with a tag attached to his, to his, to his toe, to his, to his feet. Like somewhere lying there, like just a body lying somewhere in, a, in the cold or his body being moved from one airport to the other in a casket. I just, oh my God, it was just unbelievable. Like I would. I went to bed April 19th, a happy woman, having a world around me, and I woke up on the 20th to nothing. It was an infinitely gray morning when my mother woke me to tell me what had happened to Lavinia. I felt the same devastating shock that Lavinia must have felt when the army chaplain regretfully informed her of her husband's death. On April 1st, 2005, Lavinia Jelano was murdered by her abusive father, who afterward hung himself. He had come from Romania to see his daughter and his estranged wife, Lavinia's mother. Lavinia had sent her mother to stay with Chris Jelano's father in Vermont so she would be safe from her violent husband. Chris had been dead for almost a year at that point, and there was no one to help her. Lavinia was alone when she was murdered. But in a way, Lavinia's death released her from solitude. She was buried next to Chris, as she had planned all along. Her name was already engraved on the stone next to his. I remember visiting Chris's grave with Lavinia mere weeks before her own death. I remember the sound of the chime Lavinia had hung from the branch that extended over Chris's grave. She told me she put the chime there because in the winter there were no birds or squirrels and she wanted music for Chris because it got lonely there. She spoke as if a piece of her already resided with him in his grave. The air was chilled on that day in March as we stood in the shallow snow before the red-hued granite stone cut in the shape of a heart. Everything was quiet and still. Lavinia told me that in the summer, when everything was green and the sky was beautiful and the birds were singing, it almost made her want to be happy. But then she'd remember why she was there. 
What happened to Lavinia and Chris Gelano seems too bizarre to possibly be real. It is stranger than fiction. It belongs in a Shakespearean tragedy. But it did happen. These two lives that seemed to complete each other were both taken by hatred and violence. Though the tragedy of their story is so staggering it is almost incomprehensible, the web of pain and grief that surrounds their deaths is real and palpable. How do those close to Lavinia and Chris make sense of these two untimely and unnecessary deaths? If Chris had only been home, if he had not been forced to go to war thousands of miles away, they would both be alive. But despite the profound and unfathomable circumstances of Chris and Lavinia's story, their deaths and the anguish felt as a result amount only to the terrible costs of war that have impacted so many. How many war widows have said these words? I can't wait to see you again. How many brothers, mothers, fathers, sisters, cousins, girlfriends, boyfriends, husbands, wives, sons, daughters? Wow. So that was S. Spencer Scott from Blunt Radio. Um, for more information about them, you can go to their website at bluntradio.org. Now Michael has some more music for us. Thank you, Diana. That was a really intense piece. Thank you for that. Hello, listeners. I'm your succeeding music host this evening, Michael. And coming up later, we've got a song to welcome in the spring season. But first up is a ballad about all of our dreams for the future. Despite that it was written, performed, and used for Disney's The Hunchback of Notre Dame in 1996, if you listen closely to the lyrics, you may find that it's very pertinent to the hopes and dreams of today made by teens and adults for a better tomorrow. From The Hunchback of Notre Dame soundtrack, this is All for One with Someday. Loverly Spring, the tune that can really grain on your brain, taken from the Tim Burton-esque, but not Tim Burton exactly, film version of Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. We hope that'll get your spring of 2006 off to a good start. And before that, you heard All for One with the song Someday from the Hunchback of Notre Dame soundtrack. And now let's turn it back to one of our two hosts, Mars Chalon. Thank you. And now... We have a piece from Santa Fe by Carmen um, Gallegos. She tells about some of the conflicts Mexicanos experience living in the U.S. while still keeping in touch with their culture. (laughs) 
My race, mi imagen, my image, mi sangre, my blood. Born in Mexico and raised acá. It's not always fácil to be a Mexican. Not always knowing what barrio, rifa, or what language to speak. Inglés, español, Spanish or English. Two different languages, one same meaning. Dos diferentes lenguas, un mismo significado. Never knowing what to celebrate, Cinco de Mayo or Thanksgiving. No sabiendo qué celebrar, el Cinco de Mayo o el Día de Acción de Gracias. Not knowing what next corrupto to listen to, Fox who doesn't do anything for his gente, or Bush who keeps on raising our taxes. Música también es un dilema. It's also a dilemma. José Alfredo de Jiménez or Elvis Presley. Bernie Spears or Talia Sodi. Vengo del tequila. I come from tequila. I come from Nopal too. Always waiting for the very promising American dream. No estoy allá, but I never forget where I come from. I never forget who I am because that's important to me. I never also forget where I live either. Aunque no lo quiera admitir, even though I don't want to admit it, America has given me a brighter dream. I follow their customs. I follow their way of life. No soy de aquí, ni soy de allá. I'm not from here, and I'm not from there either. And I'm not confused either. Porque soy orgullosa de ser quien soy. Because I'm so proud to be who I am. Mexican for life. Mexicana por vida. Someday soon, we'll be together. Someday soon, you'll see. Carmen Gallegos from the Santa Fe Youth Radio. And now we have more music from Michael. Thanks, Mars. Now our next tune touches a subject I'm sure all teens can relate to. Not getting the spotlight. I'm sure there's a time in your life when you've wanted your deserving moment of glory, even if only for a small amount of time. Well, you may not have known it, but the Lady of the Lake from the tale of King Arthur felt exactly the same. And now, with the retelling of the Grail story on Broadway... We can see how she really felt about her lack of screen time compared to the Knights of the Round Table. This is Sarah Ramirez as the Lady of the Lake, singing Diva's Lament from the Tony Award-winning musical Monty Python's Spamalot. What ever happened to my part? It was exciting at the start. Now we're halfway through Act Two And I've had nothing yet to do I've been off stage for far too long It's age... Mmm Yeah Mmm Oh Sweet revelation got me Levitating over ground Alive All its vibrations No, I'm never coming down You're listening to Youth Radio on 89.9 KONM and you just heard Adina Menzel with Here. 
And before that, you heard Diva's Lament from Monty Python's Spamalot. But there's nothing to lament about now. In fact, rejoice, because it's time for calendar. Woo! This is Vikra. Sup, this is Fab Phil, and here's what's going down in Borke. Top activist panel on February 21st, Dennis Banks, David Hiller, and Mark Rudd take part in a free discussion from 1 to 3 p.m. at UNM Student Union Buildings, Santa Ana Room, A and B. On Saturday, February 25th at 8 p.m., Earth, Wind, and Fire will be performing the oldies but goodies at Sandia, Sandia Resort and Cons... Casino. For more information, call 8837800. The Depression and Bipolar and Support Alliance of Albuquerque is offering free weekly support group meetings for people suffering from depression and bipolar disorder, as well as their friends and family members, every Thursday from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Trinity United Methodist Church. For more information, call 889-3632. Millions of young people across America will perform community service projects on National and Global Youth Service Day on April 21st and the 23rd. Visit www.ysa.org for more information on how to get involved. Are you a minority high school or college student who is interested in a career in law? If so, you're invited to UNM School of Law's second annual Minority Pre-Law Mixer on Saturday, March 4th. The event will feature workshops on college and law school admissions, tours, and a dinner reception with attorneys and generals, attorneys and judges from this community. For more information, call 277-6420 or email minoritymixer at law.unm.edu. The Sisters of Mercy have a deliberate and gloomy sound with a touch of metal. They will be coming to Albuquerque on February 20th at the Sunshine Theater. For more information, go to www. I mean, www. Ticketmaster.com. On Saturdays, the Albuquerque Yoga Academy is hosting an all-level yoga class from 10.30 a.m. to noon, located on 1719 5th Street, Northwest. For more information, call 235-8032. There will be Midnight Movie Madness on February 24th and 25th at 10.15 p.m. at the Guild, showing footage from the Coachella Music Festival, directed by... Drew Thomas, featuring performance by The Arcade Fire, Belle and Sebastian, Bjork, Bright Eyes, Chemical Brothers, and Beck. On February 22nd at 6.30 p.m., a benefit concert will be held for the second run of 2006. It'll be featuring Dennis Banks, Grammy nominee Star Naya, and other special guests. Meet the runners who have carried a message for 30,000 miles from village to village, from San Francisco to Washington, D.C., in effort to restore environmental harmony and balance. The concert will be held at UNM Continuing Education Building. The Albuquerque's Girls Choir is looking for girls ages 6 to 17 who love to perform and entertain while learning music fundamentals. Audition by appointment only through the end of February. For more info, call 299-0643, extension 109, or visit com. Hey, Phil, can't you sing? Sure, what do you want to hear? Um, how about some Macy Gray? Okay. I try to say goodbye um, and I... 
No, never mind. That's okay. I'm mm, sorry. <laughs> this has been your Ruth Radio calendar for this week. I'm Fat Phil with a P8. Oh, and I'm Vikra with an AV. Peace. Peace. Producers were Lucia Martinez, was Lucia Martinez. Our engineer was Tracy Tram. Music hosts this evening were Michael Harley and Mina Lee. Tonight's calendar was put together by Rika Lucky and Philip Riley. Our adult co-conspirators are Roberto Rael, Marcos Martinez, Otiamba Umi, Danielle Cantrell, and Steve Emmons. Other youth radio members are Paula Castillo, Kyle Ferris, Jaren Kai, Luis Martinez, and Shatanae Tuck. I'm Diana Barron-Moore. And I'm Mars Chalant. Thank you for listening tonight. Next up, Spoken Word. Tune in next week for another youth radio show. Good night. Good night. Good night. Wow. Wow.